Meet the celebrities on your radio station. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry and ElisaIlana.com. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, you could say Weird Al Yankovic is arguably one of the biggest pop stars today, and here are the facts to prove it. In 2014, he trended above Taylor Swift and Beyonce. Besides Weird Al, only Michael Jackson and Madonna can boast top 40 singles in each of the last four decades. And Al's latest album, Mandatory Fun, debuted at number one and was the first time in over 50 years that a comedy album topped the Billboard chart. Plus, he's got four Grammys. And before you head out to Stir Concert Cove on July 2nd to catch his live show, meet Al up close right now and hear the stories from the king of parody pop. And we're beyond stoked. Weird Al Yankovic Paradox for the fun of it. Welcome to the show, Weird Al. Wow, that was great. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> We're so happy to have you with us. My pleasure. Okay, so what can people expect from the show July 2nd? Well, if you've never seen a, a Weird Al concert before, it's a multimedia extravaganza. Okay. It's on stage with the same band that I've had since the beginning of recorded history, and there's a lot of costume changes and video bits on a giant LED screen, so it's a lot of production. It's very theatrical. It's never a dull moment. It's a lot of fun. I bet. So now, how did this all start? How did you start doing parodies? I think every eight-year-old kid in the world makes fun of the song they hear on the radio, and they change their words around to amuse their friends. So, you know, that was me. That's just a face that I haven't grown out of yet. <laughs> and you turned it into something quite spectacular. Yeah, well, you know, I, I didn't really think I'd be doing this for a living. I thought at one point in my life I would grow up and be an adult and have a real job. It's much more fun being Weird Al, so I'm just going to go with right. it for a while. The songs you cover are all genres, plus it's comedy. So in the beginning, how did you market yourself like to labels or even, you know, to the public so that they would understand what it is that you do? Well, you know, it was always just meant to be comedy, and it was difficult to, to market myself because I had a really tough time getting a record deal when I was sure. starting out, because what I'm doing is considered by many in the business novelty music, mm-hmm. which by definition it is. Anytime you have comedy and music, you know, it, it's unusual and it's novelty, but novelty implies one-hit wonder. It implies right. here today gone to our very ephemeral kind of art form. And they're saying, oh, no, we don't want to find somebody that's going to be gone in six months. We want somebody that's going to have lasting appeal. So that's, that's sort of the big irony of my life is that I've been doing this for, you know, over 30 years. And a lot of the people that were doing it when I started out aren't, aren't around anymore. And you've been yeah. on the same label, right, for the whole time? It was the same record contract. I got okay. kind of handed off from label to label, but it was the same record deal. I was an asset. <laughs> it right. got transferred a few times. Yeah. But yeah, I signed my record deal in 1982, and uh, it wound up being a 14-album deal, so I didn't fulfill it until last year with Mandatory Fun, which was my 14th album. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Now, how would you say your approach to the business has changed? You know, obviously, the business itself kind of imploded, so how has that affected you, and how have you changed your approach? Well, yeah, the record industry has been falling on hard times. I mean, uh, even with a number one album, that doesn't translate to a lot of money. I mean, my Mandatory Fun which, by all accounts, is my biggest album ever, hasn't even gone gold. And back in the 80s and 90s, I would just assume that everything I put out would go gold because, you know, back then people were buying records. But everything is relative now. So, I mean, that's just part of the business. The case with pretty much every other popular recording artist, uh, you make your money these days mostly through live performances and through merchandise. And the Mm -hmm. tour is going really, really well. We're selling out virtually everywhere. The crowds are having a great time. So it's mostly just dealing with the fact 
that, you know, the industry has changed and the way that you market yourself has changed and you kind of have to roll with it. Now, you did eight videos in eight days to promote the release of this album. Who came up with that concept? That was me. I mean, I figured that, you know, MTV doesn't play music videos anymore. Mm -hmm. Radio has never been a huge supporter, really. And, And the Internet was really where my fan base lives. I mean, I figured if I wanted to really make a splash with this album, I would have to hit the Internet and hit it hard. And because the nature of the Internet, everything is so viral, everything is, you know, people get excited about something for, uh, you know, a 24-hour frame of time, and then they get bored with it the next day. I figured, well, the only way to really dominate the conversation is to hit people with something brand new every single day during release week. And uh, it could have backfired. People could have gotten sick of me by the third or fourth (laughs) day, but... As it turns out, it just kind of snowballed and people went crazy. You know, and it was a massive release. I remember being online and on Facebook and being like, oh, good, his next video came out. But that was just a really innovative way of releasing it. Thanks. You know, what was really funny was, you know, I just thought, okay, well, this is the best way for me to, to release my album. And it was just what I thought was best for me. But it worked out so well that all of a sudden all these business people were sniffing around and I was getting invited to do talks at, at conventions and seminars and I was on Fox Business News and people were saying, okay, Al, you figured it out. Tell us, how does the internet work? Like, what? I don't know. (laughs) I'm just giving it my best shot. That's really funny. But, you know, a lot of people have done and have been doing parody videos on YouTube. So when you came out with this, were you like, oh, I'm going to show them how it's done because I've been doing this for a long time? Well, I wasn't so cocky. I mean, you know, it's more of a challenge for me now because, you know, during the 80s and 90s, I had the field, you know, pretty much to myself. But nowadays, I'm essentially competing with 100,000 people on YouTube, all right. the you know, music video parodies. So, you know, one of my favorite think pieces from last summer was uh, an article that said, the internet should have killed Weird Al. Instead, it only made him stronger. <laughs> <laughs> i got to check out of that. Weird Al Yankovic here on the Mulberry Lane Show. When you watch other people's like parody videos, what do you say the biggest mistake people make when they're trying to do, you know, a parody? Well, you know, I don't know about mistakes. I mean, it's just different styles. One of the big differences between me and a lot of the people on YouTube is that my parodies are never mean-spirited. And a lot of the song parodies on YouTube, a lot of them go for the jugular. They're making fun of the artists. They're trying to take them down a peg. They make fun of the song. I, I just feel it's more of a challenge to have fun with somebody's material if you're not tearing them apart. Okay. You have always gotten permission before you do the parody. So what was it like, the first ask... Well, I mean, in the very beginning, uh, I, I didn't even bother getting permission because I figured, like, who's going to care about these stupid parodies that I'm doing? Uh, as it turns out, you know, they got airplay on the Dr. Demento show, and eventually the artists were like, hey, you never asked us about this. And I was like, oh, I didn't know I needed to. And it's still a great area as to whether I need to ask permission, but okay. I just feel like it's taking the high road, and I want to make sure that nobody's going to be upset with me, and, and I don't want to step on anybody's toes, so it's always been something that I've done just to keep good relationships with the artists. Sure. Have you ever gotten a no? Yeah, but it, it's really rare. I mean, in the very beginning, it was more common because nobody yeah. knew who or what this Weird Al guy was all about. But, right. Uh, ever since Michael Jackson, I mean, that was sort of the yeah. seal of approval that I needed to have the uh, the gravitas right. <laughs> to, uh, you know, to get permission. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nowadays, artists look at it as sort of a badge of honor. I think Lady Gaga called it a rite of passage. It's <laughs> 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 a Weird Al parody. That's got to feel great. So now when you're writing yeah. lyrics, how much do you write and rewrite and rewrite and really think about it to get it? where you want it? Well, you know, you'd, you'd be surprised. I mean, even though what I do is ostensibly kind of silly, I approach it very seriously, like mm-hmm. the craft. I mean, 
you know, maybe back when I first started out and I was doing this just for grins, I would dash something up in, in an hour. But uh, now I'll spend weeks, sometimes a month, working on a single song, just, you know, crafting the lyrics and making sure every syllable is just right. So, you know, okay. even though it's, it's a goofy stuff, it's, uh, it's, it's something serious. that I spend a lot of time uh-huh. on. Have you had any, you know, thoughts about maybe things today aren't funny and they might have been 20 years ago and you kind of have to watch yourself what you put out there? Well, I mean, yeah, there are certain terms, certain words that society changes. Some things which, you know, 20 years ago were considered okay, nowadays are not PC. And it's stuff like, okay, well, people were saying that, I don't agree with it, people were saying that I couldn't get away with doing a song like Fat today. Okay. But you know, I don't know about that, because, I mean, I'm not making fun of fat people. That's sort of a song of empowerment. The guy right. in the song... You know, he's owning his size. I just rewatched that before this interview and laughed in my car all the way to the studio, <laughs> just thinking about it. <laughs> now, when you write your parodies, how much do you think in terms of, like, the video and cinematically? Sometimes that creeps in. If I'm writing a song which I know is going to have a video attached, sometimes I'll think visually. But more often than not, I'm just working on making the song work on its own merit because, I mean, the song needs to be funny without visual aids. It's more about the joke in the song. Okay. And then I have a question about your song, Word Crimes. Is it true that you are really annoyed by grammatical errors? Is that you, or are you kind of making fun of the person that is annoyed by that? It's both. I have to admit, there's a lot of me in that song because uh, <laughs> I do get very annoyed with bad grammar, and uh-huh. it just drives me crazy. But having said that, I'm still playing a character like I do for pretty much all my songs. Okay. I mean, I'm not as strict or as insane about grammar as the guy in the song. I wouldn't hit anybody in the head with a, a crowbar because they, you know, had bad syntax. Okay, you're exaggerating your feelings. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we're... For the sake of comedy. Yes. Right, exactly. Weird Al, we want to thank you so much for joining our show. It's been really fun talking to you, and you're the best. Well, my pleasure. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank Bye-bye. you. Weird Al Yankovic here today with your radio sisters on the Mulberry Lane Show. Make sure to check out his awesome show July 2nd at Stir Concert Cove. Be right back with singer-songwriter Rachel Yamagata. They see me mowing my front lawn. I know they're all thinking I'm so wide and nerdy. Think I'm just too wide and nerdy. Think I'm just too wide and nerdy. Can't you see I'm wide and nerdy? Look at me, I'm wide and nerdy. I wanna roll with the gangsters. They're so far, they all think I'm too wide and nerdy. Think I'm just too wide and nerdy. Think I'm just too wide and nerdy.